Welcome to the Dogsthorpe Infant School, part of Hampton Academies Trust. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. Eddie and Captain Dave are in the learning journey rocket ready for takeoff. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. You are listening to Launchpad. Yes, welcome back to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School twice-weekly podcast for parents, teachers, families and schools. And thank you all for listening. Now, Creature Arc bring fantastic live animals to your school, your party or your event. From enriching school visits to unique animal experiences and amazing events, both large and small, your children will meet live reptiles, mammals, insects and arachnids that will be exciting, educational and memorable for everyone. Eddie and I are therefore delighted to welcome onto this launch pad Mags from Creature Arc. Now, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what Creature Arc offers our listeners? Well, Creature Arc is an animal experience company, but we're all about education. We're all about conservation and spreading the conservation message. Um, Primarily, we started off actually by taking our animals into schools uh, and providing educational workshops around a wide variety of science topics, um, such as rainforest, mini beast, adaptation, evolution, you name it, uh, and providing that hands-on learning so that the children could really see the animals, meet the animals and find out more about them. And just the the experience of seeing the animals and remembering all that information um, really sort of cements the learning in their minds. Um, And we've been doing this for over a decade now. And we have schools that invite us back year after year because they see the benefit um, of the work that is Uh, comes to fruition after they've had a visit from us. Uh, What animals have you got? What what are they? Um, We're talking about more exotic animals like reptiles, arachnids. In terms of reptiles and and arachnids, what we're trying to highlight is that um, under-investigated area uh, where we want to provide conservation and, and talking about as well reptiles in this country and trying to highlight um, some of these fantastic animals that we do have. So we've got snakes, lizards, tortoises. Um, when we're talking about arachnids, um, we're really trying to re- reinforce that spiders are our friends. Mm. They're so important for our ecological balance. Um, and what we're trying to do is catch the children when they're young, really, um, to, to get that message Um so that they see that they're not frightening um, and that they can actually meet the spiders as well. So we do tend to take spiders in. They can see them close up. They find out more about their anatomy. They find out what they eat. 
we are always talking when we're going into schools about our native hedgehogs and we try to get schools signed up to the British Hedgehog Preservation Society uh, Hedgehog Friendly Campus. It sounds like it's all about universities, but includes schools as well. Uh, and then we talk about the litter challenges as well. Other animals we have, we, we try to sort of go across the classifications because that's part of obviously our remit when talking about classification, what makes an animal what it is, what makes a reptile reptile, birds, um, arachnids, insects, myriapods, mammals, why is a mammal a mammal? So we do have a selection of different animals across the classifications um, so that um, it reinforces that learning as well. well. What are the most popular? Um, it's like saying, who is your favourite child, mm. isn't it? But mm. um, I think um, children and adults like a little bit of everything. Um, we always tend to bring um, a snake and spiders because they're, they're really, really fascinating. Mm. And it's part of the joy of actually going out and meeting people. That are, you know, the people that are maybe a bit nervous about spiders, when they've met a spider, oh, that's not so bad. Right, how do we... You know, let's just keep the spiders in our house. Let's not, you know, let's not try and put them out. Keep them in the house. Let's look after them. Uh, and it's, if we can then catch the adults as well, because we do do lots of different events. When we, when we talk to the adults, it's, it's surprising how much the, um, the children actually pick the message up from the adults about what's scary and what's not scary. If learned fears. So we can dispel some of those myths. That's brilliant. So snakes and spiders are definitely favourites. Um, I do have a little African pygmy hedgehog that I take out to reinforce our message about preserving our own native European mm -hmm. hedgehogs. And that can really open up a whole scope of questions about what can we do to make our environment more hedgehog friendly? You know, food, water, hedgehog houses, um, leaving some wild space, hedgehog highways, picking up litter. So we can really have a big uh, discussion around that as well. So hedgehogs are really um, popular. Ferrets are really popular as well, and okay. they're fantastic. A bit smelly, <laughs> but hey, oh, they're, they're fantastic, fun creatures as well. Um, so a little bit of everything. Mm. Everybody wants to see a little bit of everything. Um, and it's all good, really, sort of for protecting the spread of nature. Sometimes, you know, what we say sometimes in our school workshops is, you know, you know might not be might not be the prettiest creature, but everything has its place, so we need to protect and look after nature. We've got to be kind and gentle. So that's the message we're trying to get across, the conservation message. And that's very important for children, isn't it? I mean, the, the particularly with things like hedgehogs. I mean, I was very surprised when I saw them, how low the numbers have got with our hedgehogs. It's shocking, and isn't it's it? It's terrible. I mean, when I was a boy, I and I know that I lived in a more rural area, but I saw lots and lots of hedgehogs, mm. and yet mm. now they're so rare in in fact, yes. we had one. I don't know what happened to it, but we had one under our shed in our garden. And mm. um, well, I used to leave out just a little bowl of water for it because you, if you're listening, listeners, don't leave milk out. It's not good for them. But no, I no. left a little bowl of water out for it, and and we we could see it where it ran. But then it's gone. Now, whether it, it had a road accident, I don't know whatever happened to it. Um, but that's another one gone. You know, so children, yes. we need to keep hold of these things and, and us as adults need to preserve them because it, the, the other day we had um, a, a steam train and I said, if we, if we can't get the coal, does that mean our children will never see a steam train again? 
there, there is a real problem with the, the, the steam mm. train lines now thinking, well, what are we going to do? Yeah. How are we going to fuel them? Yeah. And, and I guess that's the same with our animals. We, we often hear David Attenborough talking about animals abroad and not being able to see them ever again. Let's think but about it's, our own animals. Absolutely. Yeah? I mean, yes, first of all, hedgehogs, you know, we go through the, the minutiae of, you know, obviously they see the hedgehog think, oh, wow, they're beautiful. Right. What can we do? And you can see the fire in their eyes. Yeah, we're going to do something. Um, and then they're taking the message back. And that's the great thing about the British Hedgehog Preservation, Preservation Society uh, Hedgehog Friendly Campus, that school gets lots of free um, material um, that then they can provide in lessons, uh, which then filters down to everybody, all the, the, the children's parents' gardens, uh, you know, about putting food out, you know, dry uh, cat or dog food, non-fishy, you know, the, the, the water, um, putting the lawn more away and leave some, some of the, the lawn to be um, more nature-friendly, um, mm. providing sturdy hedgehog houses, mm. uh, hedgehog ha highways so that the hedgehogs can get from garden to garden. And some recent studies have actually shown that urban hedgehogs have been recovering a little bit better than rural hedgehogs. Really? Um, and I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, you know, that, so this message about preserving our hedgehogs is getting across that people are making their gardens more hedgehog friendly. So, you know, that might be helping the, the repopulation. Mm. But, um, mm. Rural hedgehogs, when I go out traveling about, I do see an awful lot, unfortunately, um, on the side of the road. Um, other things we talk about in terms of preservation as well is reptiles. Um, you know, because it's not always the, 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 the top of the, the best furry list you know, reptiles, but reptiles mm. are fantastic. And we've mm. got some fantastic reptiles in this country. Um, so, you know, we, we talk about reptiles, what makes them what they are, what they eat, their anatomy, uh, warm-blooded, cold-blooded. Yes, they're cold-blooded. What do they do in winter? Um, so all of these different things. But then we think, right, okay, reptiles in this country, has anybody seen one? Where have we seen them? Because what we can do is we can actually – um, we can chart that with the amphibian reptile group and, and tell them where we've seen our reptiles. So then hopefully their habitats can be preserved and conserved. Um, so, yeah, it's just saying, you know, we've got some fantastic wildlife in this country. You don't need to, to travel far. We've, we've got um, an extensive bank of CCTV around our school and it's yes. often it's often triggered. Um, and and uh, Mrs. Waters goes on and has a look on the cameras to see, hello, what's going on? And yeah. often we will see a hedgehog that's triggered it or, right. or a fox that comes onto our playground. In fact, um, over the summer, a fox got into our playground and triggered the, the camera. So we went on to make sure it wasn't somebody on doing naughty things. And, um, yeah. and it was a fox that had got at one of the skipping ropes and was merrily playing with this skipping rope, and we sat captivated watching this. And that's our British wildlife, and it's out yes. there when yeah, we're sleeping. <laughs> you haven't got to go far. Yeah, just, just in our own gardens, yeah. you know, if we let them get a little bit more wild, um, you know, the, the, it's like build it and then and they will come. If you provide that wonderful environment, mm. you'll have the, the wildlife coming to you. And fantastic birds putting out bird feeders. Um, but the great thing about, obviously, schools, and a lot of schools, not all of them, a lot of schools actually have a lot of wild areas around them. Mm. So it's the perfect way to mm. get the message across, oh, let's just utilise this and make it nature-friendly. We're always spreading that message. So even if we do animal experiences anywhere, 
Um, what it is, is actually in the format of a presentation. So it's an educational presentation, telling our audience about the animals and saying, right, what can we do to help them? What have you done? Have you done something in your garden to make it um, nature friendly? So it's all about in, in, in every format from events, you know, to animal experiences uh, or wherever we go. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You're based in Doncaster, aren't you? And you work yes. within a 50 mile, roughly a 50 mile radius. What about the schools that are, are outside of that? Do you offer things that are online so children can see these animals, even though you can't visit with them? Well, um, the, the 50 mile radius really is one um, we, we've put in place for animal welfare, because obviously we need to get our animals from there to being one to make sure that they're loving and comfortable. Mm. Obviously, we do have heated travel arrangements in, in our vehicles. Um, but yes, we do um, put that radius in place mm. um, just for that. And mm. just on, as a um, aside, animal experience companies now um, have um, full inspections to make sure that uh, all our animals are at the, the peak of health and are completely looked after. So are therefore all licensed by our local authorities as well. But the good news is as well, they all have animal transport licenses to make sure that our animals are always going to be comfortable when they're transporting about. So that, that's why that we you know, obviously we put these limits in place. But we do actually do online experiences as well, which means that there's no limit to the travelling area. Um, so I know there's obviously a lot of people actually want to see the, the animals in front of them, but if that's not possible, you can actually do it via Zoom call or a Teams call. Mm. We did that quite a lot um, over the, the COVID time so that uh, you know schools, when they're in school, uh, could actually have that experience, learning experience, because um, there's a lot of things you know you can actually gain actually by seeing the animal itself, even if it's on, if it's on the big screen. We've done that before. In fact, last year we we had Rockpool School who uh, gave us a tour of the beach and what she could find, and and the children yeah. just sat and watched that and watched her yeah. and see what she she had found on on the beach. You know, living on the beach in the sand. Um, so that's that's great. It sounds like you 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 do fantastic work, and long may that continue. Let's talk about costs. Um, if you're in within the the fifty mile radius. Of, of where you are um, and a school wants to book you, what's, what's the sort of rough ballpark figure it would cost a school? Okay. Well, um, for a full day, we, we only do so many presentations in a day. We don't do multiple, you know, um, time after time after time. And again, that's down to animal welfare. Mm. We only want our animals to be coming out for a certain amount of time so that they, they feel comfortable, that it's, we're going to be kind and respect our animals. So for when we come along for a full day, which is normally about 10 till 3, uh, you'd be looking at £325 for the day. Um, we also do half days as well, which is they would then do two uh, workshops as opposed to four. And you're talking 185 I mean, it must be very difficult, especially with something like a lizard. You know, our, our reptiles, a lot of our reptiles need heat, don't they? So how oh, you yes. keep, how you would keep them warm, especially as we're moving towards the more winter months, um, you know, energy costs. I hate to think what your electric bill is. <laughs> yes, well, a, a, a good amount of, because I've got a, a, a specially um, uh, converted reptile areas and mammal areas and all for the different heat requirements of the different animals. Obviously, the reptile areas are insulated like, Oh, I don't know how thick, <laughs> with lots and lots of insulation. Um, but also, you know, reptiles are kept in special housings, um, 
either faunariums or vivariums, uh, 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 um, they have special heating requirements as well. And they're all thermostatically controlled to make sure they're just the, the lo lovely temperature for their animals need as well. And then the whole room is just kept at a nice temperature as well. Um, but yes, I mean, that's all part of the costs of keeping animals. And mm. you know, um, the, the prices I gave to you there um, includes things like, you know, our animal heating, mm. food, veterinary care, all of the different uh, um, ways that we need to be able to keep them uh, healthy and happy, as well as obviously the travelling costs of getting to, to wherever we need to go as well. In regard to costs, what? how much would it cost a school to have you online, for example? If we're talking sort of um, for a half-day presentation, it's £75 because right. we don't need to go anywhere. No. We're just basically <laughs> we're mm. just going into another room, nice yeah. heated room, and we're going on to an online mm. call. It's an option for people that you know want to have that educational experience and, can't, and not within our travelling distance. Mm. You're doing fantastic work and uh, thank you for your time today because I know you're very busy, very busy. Now, um, if people have been listening to this podcast and want to know where to go or to book you for an event, where's the best place for them to go? Well, the best place is just to visit our website. Um, that's got lots and lots of information on which is www.creatureart.co.uk. Um, it's got lots of information actually on the website, but that has also links to our social media. So our Twitter, our Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel as well. So you can actually see some of our videos and educational videos about our animals and us out and about. Um, but also as well, you know, when we're visiting anybody and there's any information, and we'll also as well put educational links out so you can like see little educational things about our animals on a periodic basis as well. Uh, you can have a look and see us in action and find out more about us. Um, there's a frequently asked questions page on there, and it's got all, all, all of our information on there as well. Um, if you do um, want Creature Arc to come to your school or event, we provide all the paperwork, like the risk assessments, and obviously we're fully insured, licensed. Um, so we provide all the paperwork to you. But in terms of getting information, the first part of call really is the website, and that links to everywhere else. Mm, that's brilliant. Mags, thank you for your time today. Long may Creature Art continue to do this fantastic work and helping our children to understand animals and the creatures that live around us. Um, Eddie's just cut, jumped off the, the <laughs> off of his co-pilot's chair. I think, he wants, I think he's telling me it's lunchtime. Right. <laughs> thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode of Launchpad. Think about Creature Arc. If you want to know more details and you missed the website, don't worry. As always, go into the text. You'll find everything there that Mags has been talking about, plus a few photos. It's another fantastic launch pad, and we'll see you next time. Well, that's it. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again soon with another launch pad. They'll have more great guests, more places to see, and more interesting things to share on the learning journey. So, be kind. Be respectful and always remember to dream, believe and shine. Mm -hmm.